0: Are you ready to combine your passion for business and your love for God through simple, practical and profitable business practices? Do you want to have an eternal impact on the culture and community around you through your business? Now is the time to partner with God, profit with purpose and build a kingdom class company. Welcome to Christ in Business, where we'll explore the stories, strategies, successes and failures of those doing the ministry of Christ in Business. Here's your Kingdom Business Coach, David Robertson. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 18 of Christ in Business. When this podcast goes out, it will be, what is that, February 14th? February, yeah, 14th, Thursday, February 14th. And I will be in the process of picking up the 26-foot truck and packing it up and On Saturday, sending my family off to the airport to fly down to Texas while I drive, spend a three day drive or two day drive, depending on how fast my dad and I decide to take it, down to Midland, Odessa, and we'll be officially moving growth point companies and my family and all our stuff to Texas. I'm thinking about vlogging the entire thing, recording it on video and putting it out as a hashtag becoming Texans. (laughs) But today, it's not February 14th. Today, it is January 31st. And like I said in earlier podcast a couple of weeks ago, I am getting all the February's podcasts up and ready, recorded, uploaded. But currently, it's about negative five degrees, bouncing between negative five and zero for the past couple of days. I looked at the weather, curious to see what the weather was in Texas. A Sunday, it is going to be 78 degrees and sunny. So I'm looking forward to the change in weather because I just don't like, over the past several years. I've liked winter less and less, which was a sign to me that I was probably going to be moving south. So, (laughs) And lo and behold, here we are moving south towards warmer climates. Can't wait. We'll see how I feel when it's 115 degrees outside. But hey, they say it's a dry heat. That's going to be a lot better, right? I don't know. I've not experienced a lot of dry heat before. Just Dayton, Ohio, muggy, sopping wet heat is what I've experienced. So, we'll see what that's like. Excited for the new adventure. Let's see. Today, I want to share with you an interview with a gentleman named Mark Peebles. He's a real estate agent. He's a close friend of mine, worship leader, huge heart for ministry, huge heart for business, and specifically recently, huge heart for what it means to do business as ministry or what it means to be Christ in Business, exactly what we're talking about here on the podcast. We're going to be talking about vision in the podcast. He is just... I remember talking to him, and I don't want to share too much just because the interview's coming up, but I remember mentioning something about vision and watching him come alive at a coffee shop, and we spent the next two hours talking about vision. This was years ago, and so when I wanted to do a podcast and wanted to reach out to someone who understood and gets and really has a practical application of what being Christ in business looks like. I thought of him and when I thought of him, I thought, hey, this is a great topic, the idea of vision and what that looks like and how the importance of vision and the importance of vision in the Bible, God's vision for our life, God's vision for his kingdom, and then also God's vision for our business. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. You don't want to miss that. I did want to give a shout out. I'm starting to get a lot of emails coming in and reviews on the podcast. And I encourage you that if you find this podcast helpful or you find it, number one, subscribe. Number two, share it with someone. And number three, leave reviews. I love hearing back. I was talking with a friend, said the other day, and I was telling him, you know, it's kind of lonely behind a microphone. I'm sitting here in my office all by myself recording, and I don't get a lot of feedback. And then about the time I shared that, I started getting feedback. So, anyway, I want to shout out to Steve Lanning. He is a business owner in the DC area, I believe. And he wrote in an email and says, This is excellent, David. You are a tremendous blessing to Kingdom business owners, my friend. Just love your examples like how God told me I could not be trusted. That's terrific. He's talking about episode, what was that? Episode 15, I think it was, where we talked about cash. If you want to read about that episode or you want to listen to that episode, just go to com slash CIB015. So, but here's what I really wanted to share about you, share about his email. It says, for me, my own God reflection time through the years in showing how God came through and in -in just-in-time moments as a testimony to his faithfulness was the development of an Ebenezer file. And for those of you who don't know, that is 1 Samuel 7, and that's where Samuel was. The Philistines came to attack the Israelite army, and as Samuel was giving, offering God threw the Philistine army into confusion and the the Israelites chased him down and defeated that army and completely removed them from the land. And right after that Samuel took a rock and he called it Ebenezer, which is a rock of help or a stone of remembrance. It goes either way. So that's what he's talking about when he said developed an Ebenezer file. So this rock he's set as a remembrance of God's help and how God helped the army, and help God help defeat the Philistines. In the email, Steve said that the Ebenezer file morphed into several forms, ultimately ending in a large FedEx box where he put client testimonial letters and kudos and stuff like that. You've heard me talk about that in the podcast before, that I have something for myself, one of which this email will definitely go into. Anyway, I would encourage you he shared that he had this physical box that he put stuff in as well as a prayer journal. I would encourage you guys as you're going through your business, document what God is doing because number one, it's on days where we're frustrated or days where we're discouraged or days where we find it. It's just hard dealing with the adventures of business. It's just hard to deal with some of those things. You can pull out this file of encouragements and testimonies and memorials of what God has done in your life. But in addition to that, You also have something where specifically if it's a prayer journal or if you attach notes to words of encouragement and you attach a description, you have something that you can leave your kids later on in the Old Testament when God said to create memorials so that the future generations will ask their parents, what is this memorial for? And they get a chance to tell their kids and tell their grandkids about how God delivered them and how God has helped them out. So I would encourage you guys to keep an Ebenezer file for yourself. I'm going to start, instead of calling mine a kudos file, I'm going to start calling mine the Ebenezer file. So create something for yourself that you can encourage yourself and encourage yourself on what God is doing, but also something that you can keep in mind, something that you can pass on to your kids to remind them and tell them the stories about what God has been doing so that you have a heritage A spiritual heritage and an inheritance that you're passing on to your kids about how God has proved himself faithful over and over and over again. That is going to be key as you develop your family culture and your company culture is to remember how God has taken care of you and the business. Anyway, with that, I want to go in to give you a quick introduction to mark Peebles, like i said he 's a real estate agent been in real estate for thirteen years himself it 's a family business his dad has been in business over forty years, and last year they did over two hundred homes, helped two hundred families get into their homes and like I said, this gentleman he 's an entrepreneur at heart a visionary for sure. If you ask him about vision, he just comes alive when you start talking about vision. And I can't wait. So, guys, without further ado, I'm just going to give you the recording and the interview that I had with Mark Peebles last week. Mark Peebles, welcome to Christ in Business.
1: Well, thanks, David Robertson. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm so glad to get to be with you today.
0: Awesome. It's been quite a bit of back and forth trying to get the podcast scheduled. Number one, it was just getting the podcast launched in November. That was a big deal. Then getting on your schedule and making our schedules line up. and But we finally got it. And so here we are. Um, awesome. So go ahead and tell, tell the listeners, tell everybody tuning in what a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What you do? That kind of thing.
1: Well, I am... A realtor, actually, of all things. Everybody and their brother is a realtor, right? But I actually have been a realtor for the past 13 years. I work in a family business. My dad has done this for 45 years in our market. He's been one of the top performing agents. And about 5 years ago, we started a transition where I took over and began running the team. And it's been amazing. We've experienced exponential growth from just me my dad and, and an assistant up to about 10 people on our team over 200 transactions every year last year served 140 families in our market and just been very blessed god has been good to us and you know beyond that i am a family man i have a wife of 17 and a half years at this point elizabeth and then three kids tommy who just started driving. So please pray for me out there in podcast land. Then I've got a 13-year-old daughter who's 13. Please pray for me out in podcast land. (laughs) And then uh, I've got a nine-year-old daughter. So Tommy, Olivia, and Alicia, and Elizabeth, my wife, and I am a blessed man for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, one of the things I've known you for quite a while, going all the way back to leading worship at church, I know that's a, a big passion of yours and a big heart of yours. But i have also seen a lot of your journey as far as where all the different things that you've done as far as entrepreneurship and real estate has been consistent in there. But today, what we're going to be talking about is vision. And I'm trying to, for those of you listening, I'm trying to get to the point where rather than just asking a bunch of questions, I'm trying to bring on guests and we can act more as a co-host type environment and we can share some of the thought and when it came to having you on the podcast vision was the absolute clear choice as far as the topic that we were going to be talking about because i remember sitting in a coffee shop with you once and i think i mentioned vision i think i said something like i could see vision in a tree stump or something like that and you just came alive with the all the thoughts that you had on vision and that was a quite a long conversation and it was an exciting one. So I wanted to have you on the podcast and talk about that, talk about vision and everything that that means to you. Well, you know, it's a passion of mine, as you said,
1: and for sure, it is something that God put in me many years back. And I'll never forget my wife, Elizabeth, when she came out of college, she actually worked for a couple of nonprofit organizations and a consultant to nonprofit organizations. And I'll never forget, she was always talking about mission, vision, values. That was one of the things, mission, vision, values that her consulting company that she worked for was big on, but then helping these organizations that she worked for to develop those things. And I don't know, through my story, the Lord revealed to me, it was like, it hit me upside the head. In a hard time. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But I feel like we had it in the wrong order. I feel like vision should be the first of the core principles of our company. You know, when we know what our purpose is, I believe vision comes first. And so it should be vision, mission, values. And the way that I always think of it is, you know, vision is the destination that we're going towards. We're moving towards the vision. But what takes us there is. The vehicle for it is our mission. It's the steps we take every day that if we do these things, it's going to help us to accomplish this vision ultimately. And then when you get into values, which for our team, we call them the seven pillars because that's what holds up the house, you know, a little play on real estate words. But the pillars or the values are like the wheels on the vehicle, you know, it's what's underneath us that keeps us driving forwards. But I really feel like everything that I've heard in business from Christian circles to the public arena, the secular world, and what they have to say about business tells us its mission, vision, values. But I feel strongly that it should be vision first.
0: Hmm. Sounds like a title of a book right there.
1: I don't know. Maybe one of these days. You know, I just side note, David has spurred me on quite a bit on writing a book on this. I just haven't quite gotten there yet.
0: Yep. We'll keep you moving forward on that, but...
1: Oh, good. Okay.
0: <laughs> My first interaction with vision is, I guess, part of vision has always been in me. Because like I said, I could see vision in a tree stump and that's call it ADD, call it whatever. I don't know what to call it. It's a gift, I guess. And my wife might feel a little bit differently, but (laughs) I've always assumed vision came first when growing up and starting a business, kind of just jumping into it both feet without any official education on entrepreneurship or business. And I kind of jumped into it and assuming vision came first because when you get set to do something, you figure out what the destination, what is the reality that you want to see and what is it that you're building and then comes all the other things. If it, once you know where you're going, then you can backtrack and figure out how to get there. So I've always assumed that. Then I'd started reading books and like you said, say mission, vision, values. And mm-hmm. starting with a mission has always been confusing to me. Has always been Yeah. A lot of times it can end up words on a paper instead of actual tools to be used to move the business forward. Yep. And therefore when you start with that and then go into something like vision, it feels to me, it feels, and when I've talked to other business owners, it feels like that's nice and that's something great for the big Fortune 500 companies and all of the big companies. But I'm just a little business, or I'm just doing a million or two million, three million dollars. What does that have to do with me? Because I'm more about solving the problems that are in my business right now. So, yeah, I really love your approach in division, and we'll we'll definitely get into that. But tell me first, what was it that Take us back to the time when vision first became a a big passion to yours. Help us kind of understand what happened in your life and what brought you to that point. Well,
1: and this is the embarrassing part because I doubt anyone in your audience has ever gone through this before, but I was a big fat failure, you know? And, you know, I came out of college, I grew up with a learning disability. Well, I say, quote, learning disability. And I think through time, I learned that I learned differently. And I ended up going to college the day that I sat down for my final IEP meeting with my tutors before I left for college. They told my parents right there in front of me, hey, it's probably going to take, Mark, about 5 years to get through college. So just plan on that now. And I went to school. But when I went off to college, I had a good understanding of how I learned. And ultimately... I graduated a quarter short of four years. And so I actually graduated ahead of the rest of my class. And so I came out, Elizabeth, my wife always says that I am larger than life in many ways. And one of those is that I'm six foot seven. So for those of you that don't know me out there, you probably can't visualize that, but I am a tall dude. And on top of that, Elizabeth says I have a big personality. And I don't know where she gets that from, but I came out and I was able to land a job with Pfizer out of college, uh, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, and in a class of 235 trainees at Pfizer, there were three of us fresh out of college. It was very competitive to get in, very difficult, but I feel like my personality, along with, you know, just some favor from the Lord got me into that position. And I had from that time, this big vision, I was going to be the president of Pfizer. And I even told my manager that that was what I wanted to do. And I think I've learned over time that, you know, just because I have this big natural vision, because like you, David, I'm a natural visionary, doesn't mean that that's something that the Lord has given me. And so to make a long story short, was never really happy in that career. And during the time I was with Pfizer, ended up starting multiple different businesses. I wrote a book on pharmaceutical sales. It was very successful. For every book that I sold for $50, I paid about $75 in marketing that book. It was the day that I placed my order for the CDs, because it was an audio program, okay. the day that I placed my order for it, my wife says, why don't you like start with 50 of the discs. <laughs> and I said, well, it's the problem is it's it more expensive to do it that way. And I'm going to sell a ton of these. And so uh, I ordered a thousand of it was a two-disc series. So I ordered a thousand of each disc. And uh, I think I threw away like 970 of them about you know 10 years ago. But the bottom line is I think big and I vision big on just about everything. The problem with that back then is that I ended up running myself into a mountain of debt. I left pharmaceutical sales in 2006. My dad knew I didn't like the business. And he said, Hey, son, why don't you come into the real estate business with me? He said, I've I've built this up for 30 plus years and I don't have anyone to hand it off to. Why don't you come in and start working with me? And so we had already made the decision that I would do that. But it ended up happening a little bit sooner, long story short, than we thought it would. And I came into real estate already with a mountain of debt, made a lot of poor choices on other businesses that I'd started and was not passionate about, didn't have true vision in, and ultimately, I failed. And then, for those that are familiar with... well living in America and in the world economy in general, there was this thing that happened in 2008 and the real estate market tanked. And I tanked with it. And at that time, I ended up losing my home. I ended up losing just about everything I had. Hmm. Most embarrassing day of my life was going in, turning in a car that I had bought while I was in pharmaceutical sales on voluntary repossession, which was just, it was a low point. And during that time of losing everything, and praise God, I did not lose my family. He was faithful through that. But during that time, in my low point, my sister calls me and she said, Hey, Marky, that's what she calls me. Because if she was listening to this, she's probably going to say, at least I use the right name, right? So (laughs) she calls me, she says, Hey, we've got this position at Miami Jacobs college where she was an academic dean. She said, why don't you come in and interview? I think be some extra money for you. And I think you'd be good at it. So I went in, I interviewed, and I landed the position teaching a, a class. And the first class that they had me teach was called Budgeting for Personal Success. Now, mind you, I had literally run myself into this giant mountain of debt. I had lost everything. And then God gives me this opportunity (laughs) to teach budgeting for personal success. And just like you're doing, I wanted to laugh too. And I said, Lord, what are you doing to me? And the Lord said, if you will begin to do things my way, I will redeem every financial mistake you've ever made. And so as at that time, I was introduced to Dave Ramsey and those basically biblical principles of handling money. Uh, but then also this thing that God did in me was challenge me to vision and that came because this realization that he brought to me that i had been living a life without any vision and so he took me to proverbs 29:18 it was actually around that time my mother-in-law had challenged me to begin reading the proverbs every day and i did and i got to proverbs 29:18 and it was like You know, again, the Lord hit me upside the head and said, This is for you. And so it says, Where there's no vision, the people perish, but happy is he who keeps the law. And so I took that challenge and I started with my family first because I had a burden for my family. Mm -hmm. And I developed a vision statement. And I still to this day use my vision statement on a regular basis as I talk to people and I communicate to my family that I'm going to leave a legacy, both spiritually and financially, that will impact the generations of my family. So what does that mean? Well, it means that one, I wanna live a life and be a man that my children's children's children will know Jesus because of that legacy that I left behind. I wanna follow Christ to that point in my life where my kids say, wow, my dad really loved this guy. I need to love him too. And so spiritual, very important to me and financial, you know, uh, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I think I'm quoting that about right. And, and so, yes, I want to leave an inheritance, but the other things financially I want to teach my children is that it's not yours and you need to sow into other people. And so I have this deep seated belief that, Something that I sow into today, I'm probably never gonna see the fruit from it, but someday I'll have a great grandchild who will get saved because I sowed into someone's life who sowed into someone else's life who met my great grandchild. That's kind of the vision that I have, you know? So I'm gonna leave a legacy both spiritually and financially to impact the generations of my family. And so that whole Proverbs 29:18, I believe is a spiritual law there's a spiritual law in that a vision dave ramsey talks about you know there's a spiritual law that the borrower is slave to the lender right and likewise i believe that if you do not have vision for your family your family is going to perish if you don't have vision for your church your church will perish if you don't have vision even for friendships your friendships will perish but really you don't have vision for your business it's probably going to perish too
0: wow It's neat to see how the Lord kind of brought you up to that point. I think we've all, as entrepreneurs, maybe no no one else listening, but at least you and I have come across situations and we go out and we do something because we see opportunity and we just kind of plow into it. And I think failure is just one of those things that just comes with, in fact, I know for sure, failure is just one of those things that comes in business, comes in as an entrepreneur, as a business, whether you're partnering with God or not, there's an aspect of there is no perfect situation to go into business. There, there still is risk. There still is a practical side of it. But it's in those seasons where we actually come out of that with a purpose or with a vision and with a direction where we can focus all of our energy, all of our efforts into something specific. I think over and over I've seen and heard stories of people who come out of those low points with clarity about what they're pursuing and what God has called them to or assigned them to. Yeah, absolutely. Is there an example obviously the verses, Proverbs 29, 18, without vision, the people perish. What other examples are there in scripture that you have for vision or where? Is there an example of a story or something that, what's your favorite story in a vision?
1: I'll tell you, my favorite story of vision in the Bible is the story of Moses. You know, you've got this guy raised in royalty, by all means, should have if not been a king, he was a prince, he was already royalty, and raised in a royal family in a palace. But then he makes this grave mistake, he murders a dude, and then has to flee, basically, into a wilderness. And I love, though, the story of Moses and the burning bush, and what God did at that time. So, you know, Moses is just out keeping his flock. And all of a sudden this bush is burning and it catches his attention and it picking it up, verse four, um, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And they said, do not come near, take off your sandals for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham and Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, surely I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so what I see here and what I love is that first, God gets your attention. You know, how many, you talk about the low points. David, you've been through them and I've been through them, and God used those as like a burning bush moment in our lives to get our attention. And I believe that when God's going to lay vision on you, He's going to have your attention wholeheartedly. You know, in our business, we talk about the shiny penny. Like we might have a vision for something in our real estate business this year that we're going to pursue. Diligently, but then there's always that shiny penny, this new technology idea, this new this, there's new that. I've got these great lead sources for you, blah, 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 and yada, yada. And the fact of the matter is, it just takes you off of your course. And so here we are. You know, God has Moses's attention at the burning bush, there's something that has drawn him there. And then the Lord begins to pour out his heart for his people. Like he's seen their affliction. He's seen the oppression. He has seen everything that they're going through. And then you go down to verse 10 and he says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So God has this burden for his people and he says, Oh, by the way, you come along. You're going to be the one to go and fix it. And so. That's what, to me, vision is. You know, it's God having a burden for his people. And he asks you to go and be the one to make it right. And the ultimate vision here that God is giving Moses is a vision of freedom and a land of milk and honey. And that was kind of the destination. That is where God was sending them. But God chose Moses to be the one to lead the people there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, from someone who's listening that maybe they acknowledge or maybe they're aware that where they're going in their business, maybe they're just reacting and they don't have a direction to their business right now, or they don't have a, I think it's Jim Collins calls a big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. I I call it a big, holy, big, holy, audacious goal. But yeah, we should have those. (laughs) If they feel like they're kind of reacting in their business or they're in their business and they don't have something firm that they can look to and say in the future, Hey, this is where we're going. This is what drives our company. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to get there without coming to the low point? Yeah, absolutely. I believe,
1: first of all, let me say a couple things about vision that, that I've come to understand over time. You know, a vision that's from the Lord. When you know your purpose, which I talked to my team about our purpose and I love in John, and the scripture is going to slip my mind here, but in John, Jesus talks about being appointed to go and do good works, to bear fruit, right? And so I talk to my team all the time because we deal in appointments, right? A lot of business people deal in appointments that this is what we are appointed for. We're appointed to do good things, we're appointed to bear fruit. And I believe that when God appoints us for something it's revolving around people even if it's in our business it's revolving around people and so those people might be your family those people and bettering your family's future but also i believe that the burden that god gives you is going to be for people in some respect and so several years ago i realized david that i wanted to be in ministry and business like you you and i there's a passion we've shared together for years. And I thought in order to do that, that I needed to have a pastor title or, you know, I needed to start a big movement. I needed to do X, Y, and Z and be at this figurehead position to do it, right? And what the Lord revealed to me is that every day I have an opportunity to pastor people, because that's my heart, is to pastor people through one of the three most stressful times of their lives. Death, divorce, moving are the three, three of the most stressful things people will go through. And I get to pastor them through that, right? And so God gave me this burden for people going through that situation in life. And so one of the vision that our real estate team has is that we're going to leave a meaningful imprint on every family in every community that we serve. And we believe that we do that through our clients, our counterparts, and our community. So obviously, our clients are the ones that we get to directly pastor through the process every day. We get to guide them through the process. Our counterparts, we work with other agents, we work with lenders, we work with title companies, we work with, you name it, people that are in the industry that are probably never going to buy a house from us, right? But we have an opportunity to be pastors to them, to love them, to serve them. To be a help to them, I will get on the phone with young agents and they're not even sure what to do. And I will advise them through how to present something or talk about something or how they can grow their business, you know, because we want to have an impact or leave them, we call it leaving a meaningful imprint on our counterparts. And then our community, we believe that we invest, we sow, and we serve our communities. And so we go out and we do things like pack food for the hungry or load trucks to go to hurricane victims in other parts of the country or help support mentorship programs locally. But we do this because we realize that in order to leave a meaningful imprint on all these people, we're going to have to get pretty broad and more broad than just mm-hmm. the clients that we serve directly. But you know, going back now to what you're saying, I believe that your vision has to do with people. But how do we know? Maybe we haven't hit the low point. Back to what your question was. We haven't hit this low point. How do we get it moving forward, right? Well, where there's no vision, the people perish, but happy is he who keeps the law. So first, I believe God has a burden for people that he's going to give you in this business. Because your business is not just for the purpose of making you wealthy. I believe you talk about Deuteronomy all the time and the fact that. We are blessed to be able to gain wealth. I didn't quote it correctly. But anyway, that is a blessing that the Lord gives us. However, our purpose is much greater than just the money. We have an opportunity to reach people with our business, to fulfill a burden that God has for a people that only you can reach. And so I believe God will give you that vision, number one. But number two, that vision... Keeps you restrained, it keeps you held together, and that 's where that second part of the verse that we don 't often focus on, which is happy is he who keeps the law. The other versions of it say that where there 's no vision, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law vision casting off restraint, think about like throwing off chains, you know vision does not bring chains, it actually loses chains, but you need something to keep you restrained and not go after the shiny penny in your business, in your arena. You need something that keeps you focused and on the path that you're not looking to the left and to the right, but your vision is ahead to what God has called you to in your business. And so vision is what accomplishes the restraint and gets you moving forward in the right direction.
0: Yeah, there's begin with the end in mind if you want to go back to to Covey. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 7 Habits of Highly Effective People. Go back to one of those habits. Even he starts his book with casting vision for whatever it is that you're taking on, whatever it is that you're doing. So, and and the where we go to get that vision, I think we've mentioned this multiple times in the past episodes is it really starts with partnering with God mm-hmm. in in your business. It starts with understanding that Jesus calls us friends as a friend that's different from a servant as a friend, we know the master's business. And mm-hmm. and if we truly are partnering with him and part of our vision starts with seek first the kingdom of God, mm. if our business, if we start with that in the kingdom of God, that, all right, this is a business in the kingdom of God. I'm a child of a King. So everything has to start from that position. And then as a steward of the kingdom businesses that we're in, as a steward of God's kingdom, then we go to Him and say, "All right, what is the kingdom vision here? Yeah. What is the end goal? What do you want to accomplish?" And it, as you said, it it always goes back to people. It yeah. always goes back to people. Intimacy and fellowship and communication and communion with people is what is God's highest priority. The most value he puts on anything is the relationship with him and with the father and his children. Yep. It starts with that partnership. It starts with understanding that you're in the kingdom, that you're an adopted son of God, son of a king. And as an adopted son of a king, you are stewarding the kingdom estate, so to speak. Yep. Stewarding the kingdom business. And you're looking to him saying, Lord God, what am I doing with this business? Where am I going with this business? And being brave enough to just say, okay, what does that mean? I'm not exactly sure yet. What I love about when we go to God with and asking for visions, he can do immeasurably more than what we can ask or even imagine. And so a lot of times his vision may, in fact, I would almost be willing to guarantee it that his vision is going to be bigger than what it's just going to take for one single person. I think he thinks generationally.
1: Yeah. Yeah he does god absolutely thinks generationally but i believe that god he had vision for you and for me and for mm-hmm. everyone listening to this podcast and everyone in your sphere of influence for those of you who are listening he has a vision for all of them all of us you know and i believe david he lays out that vision right in the beginning and so one of my favorite revelations in the Bible, is in Genesis 5. And this is a genealogy. You talk about generational. This is a genealogy where it's telling the Adam's descendants to Noah. And so it's one of those, Adam has a son, Seth, who had a son, Enosh, who had Kenan, who had Mahalalel, And if if there's a biblical scholar listening to this today, I'm a businessman, not a biblical scholar. So I'm probably saying half the names wrong. But Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah, I mean, you have all of these names. It's really powerful, isn't it? So greatest revelation, and one of the most exciting things to me, because I'm a vision guy, was when you look deeper into this, into the meanings of the names here, you have the name, Adam is man, Seth appointed, Enosh, mortal, Kenan, sorrow, Mahalalel, blessed God, Jared shall come down. These are the meanings of the names. Enoch, teaching, Methuselah, his death shall bring. How would you like it if that's what your name meant? His death shall bring. Lamech means despairing, and Noah means rest or comfort. So Let me just read this as if God wrote out a vision statement for all of mankind. It would read, man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching and his death shall bring the despairing rest or comfort. It wow. just it just gives me chills, you know, to think about that. Whoo! Like that is, that's our God. Like his vision for us from the beginning was rest and comfort. And we know that that comes in relationship and in the person of Jesus Christ. So mm. this is what really gets me excited, David. There's another verse in the Bible. I don't know if you know this one or not, but it's in John three sixteen, And never it says, heard never heard of that one. Okay, I figured, but you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him would not perish. perish but have everlasting life and then go back to proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen, where there's no vision the people perish so our perfect awesome amazing for thinking visionary god had a vision for us from the very beginning that we would not perish because he had that vision for us. And so that's to me where all of this starts. If you're listening to this today and you're just a business person and maybe you don't consider yourself a Christ follower, let me tell you, there is a God of the universe that had a vision for you from the very beginning. And he... I believe that He has appointed you to go and bear fruit and to do great things in His name. And He's also not only got a vision that He has fulfilled in His Son Christ on your behalf, but He has a people group that He has seen their desperation. He has seen their toil. He has seen the struggle that they have and let's talk business here david i mean it could be a company that has it problems you know and there is toil in it it's causing them headaches it's causing them stress but then there comes a jesus follower who walks into the room runs a kingdom class company i love the i love that terminology and goes in on behalf of their partner their partner jesus and goes Because of the vision that God's given them and the burden that he's given you for that people group, you're able to now minister to them and introduce them to rest and comfort through your business. Seriously, like you can do that. And I believe God, you talked about at the beginning of the year, how God is, there will be a movement across the business community around the world, global initiative and i I am seeing it more than ever and i'm seeing people come out of the woodwork who want to minister in business and the awesome thing is that we're ambassadors of christ each one having impact on a different group of people and gotten for every single one of those groups and you get to be the one that gets to fulfill that burden that he has, that he's placed on you in that group.
0: Powerful stuff. That's good, Mark. Like I said, you should write a book on this.
1: You know, I'm thinking about it. One of these (laughs) days, David, hey, will you have me back on when I write the book? Yeah. (laughs) Then we're going to have to get into mission and values, you know? So Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. There's still three more books to write. (laughs) Yeah, right. So how do we take this from where we are, where it becomes a personal vision. God had a vision for us and he, without that vision, we we perish mm-hmm. to where we say, okay, now we're partnering with God, right? He's given us a vision now. How do we relate this? There's two aspects of kingdom business. There's the practical aspect of it and then there's the spiritual aspect of it. So how do we tie everything into business and kind of put a bow into this and some action steps or some takeaways for those of you Listeners that are listening. I think what you said earlier is
1: absolute truth. Seek first the kingdom of God. Here's my confession. As a business person, as an entrepreneur who's a little bit ADD, that easily loses focus and is on to the next thing every day, seeking first the kingdom can be difficult. When you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think is, oh, shoot, I got to get that proposal out or... Or, oh, shoot, I've got that presentation this afternoon that I need to get to the office and print out. It's very easy to let the time of seeking first the kingdom go by the wayside. And so I think if you want to become a person of vision, one, you've got to focus your attentions on the Lord by seeking first His kingdom. And then second, I think it's important to be conscious and this is what the Lord's been doing with me this year is I've been so conscious of his presence every day. And I just had the conversation with him the other day. And I say this because I go into prayer. Like I've got a friend who's really in need, just lost his wife a couple of weeks ago and or actually last week. And I go to pray for him and I get real formal, you know? And I think about my business partner or a business partner, how would I talk to my business partner? And how would I talk to my friend? Because he's also my friend. And I even said to the Lord, I said, Lord, why do I do this? Like, why do I not come to you as me? Why do I have to feel like I need to be formal with you? And I just came to this realization. I can just talk to him. And so become aware that God, even in your business, before you go into that meeting today, or before you, Sit down to that lunch with a prospect, whatever it is, God's present. And all you have to say is, Hey, God, come into this meeting with me, be with me, and will you just give me some guidance on the things to say to this customer? Or for me, there's a lot of stressful situations in real estate. I know a guy that the day that his house was supposed to close, we had a big surprise pop up. And uh, you might know someone like that too. But I have to stop in those situations and recognize the presence of God and say, Lord, I don't know what to do here, but I know you have all the wisdom. Can you just help me? And he always does. So first of all, in your business, seek after the Lord, his kingdom first, be cognizant, recognize his presence and everything and know that if you ask the Lord to give you vision, I believe he's gonna get your attention one day and he is going to lay a burden on you. It's all of a sudden gonna hit you like it did Moses. And when it hits you, I believe you will know that that is the vision that God is giving you for his people. And then it gets into how you communicate that. And that's for another story. But that's what I would say, tying it into business.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once you get the vision and once you understand the importance of vision and you start seeking God and partnering with him, and start looking for that vision, then you're right. There is a whole nother set of actions as far as documenting it, writing it, and putting it into a way that your team can understand it and getting them to buy into the vision. There's all the other stuff like that. But it always comes back to the most important point, which is where we partner with him. And where we realize that it's not just a set of rules and a set of scriptures that we study, but it's actually a person and a friend Mm-hmm. that we have a relationship with. And that is where we start to have the right mindset, have the right perspective, have the right intimacy to be able to carry on his vision um, yeah. to where he's going and what he wants to accomplish through through your business. And it's keeping that Harvard, I think it was Harvard, wrote an article years ago talking about a business with a triple line. So the best of the business world says that you should have a triple bottom line. So there's one with your profit. Of course, there's a profit, a financial bottom line then there's a people bottom line so you have your people in there and then you have your community or your planet bottom line and that can go in with a community and then that can go with the also how you steward your resources for the health of the planet so Mm -hmm. that's what the world's best says that this is what a good business should look like a responsible business should look like and. I argue that as a kingdom business, that we need a quadruple bottom line because there's an eternal bottom line with what Mm we do. Everything that we do has an eternal investment. And before we started this interview, you were talking about how you were working with another business owner. You were asking him about his vision and asking him um, about that. And you said, I think I'm going to actually start trying to disciple and build a relationship with this guy. And Mm -hmm. everything that we do as business owners carries a relational and an eternal impact to it. And specifically, what I love about the business community is that we have customers, we have vendors, we have the community, we have the partners, we have all of those people and their families looking at us. And the way we manage our company is really, it has to start with that relationship. We have to get the father's heart right.
1: Well, and the last thing I'll say um, is I truly believe with all my heart that if you put that eternal bottom line, as the first thing. If you put people first in your business, if you truly have a burden for people and they know that you care with a heart like your father's, you'll never have to worry about the financial bottom line. Yes, you need to be a good steward. You need to put in place good practices. Yes, but the real bottom line is that if you take care of God's business, His people, He will provide everything else. And I've watched Him do it over the past several years of my life in my business.
0: And there you have it, Mark Peebles, guys. All right. Some of the things that he shared in that episode, I just wanted to summarize some of those things that I heard. Number one, that without vision, the people perish. There's that Proverbs 29, 18, I believe it is. That scripture there is key... There is no other verse in the Bible that talks about without mission, people perish or without purpose, people perish. I believe that we as God's people are created naturally to look to the future and say, what is it that I'm building? Where is it that I'm going? Why am I doing this that I'm doing right now? And without vision, we perish or without another translation says, as Mark shared, without vision, we cast off restraint in our business. The vision that we have as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as owners, as CEOs of our companies, we direct the vision, we cast where we are going in business. We tell our clients this, we tell our employees this, we tell our vendors, we tell the community where we're going in business, what we're building. That vision, that compelling picture of what you're building has the ability to pull a team together, to create unity and to create teamwork. And to create a synergy in your company that you can't get by just sharing a mission. You can't get by just sharing the values. All of those are important. But I believe, just like Mark, that vision does come first. We have to know what we're building. You know where we're going. We have to know the end before we can start on the beginning. And especially when it comes to leading people, you can't lead people if they don't know where you're going. And by leading people and by crafting and communicating and creating and allowing people to buy into your vision and helping people buy into your vision, you can lead your company and lead your team, lead an entire community in a completely different direction. So if that's something that you'd like to have a conversation with me about, then definitely hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. You can also shoot me an email Um, at david at Robertson.com. A couple reminders here as we're closing out this episode. Heaven in Business is coming up February 27th, 28th, and March 1st. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm flying in. I'm going to be at that conference. I'm flying in Tuesday before... And that Tuesday night before the conference, we're going to have a a little gathering of people. Reach out to me and let me know if you're interested in doing that. Number one, if you're interested in going to the conference, let me know. Reach out at my email address, david at thedavidrobertson.com. And we have some special pricing for that group that's getting ready to go as a Christ in Business listener. And then let me know if you're going to the conference and we will give you the secret invite to the location where we're going to be meeting. Be lots of fun. If we get enough people, we're going to have one of the heaven and business leaders meet us there. Talk to Andy that we saw on the podcast last week. This conference is talking about the business of culture. And one of the aspects of that culture is the vision that you create and where you guys are going and then what happens how you get there and one of the one of the ways that you get there is through culture. In Andy's in that episode, in episode 16, he says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. (laughs) I love that quote because it's so true. The culture you create and the team and the values and the mission and the vision all add up to this culture that you create in your company. And it's what gets you there. If you don't have the culture, you're not going to be able to get as far as if you had the culture along with the strategy. So let me know if you're interested in coming to that conference let me know. We're going to be talking about meeting the day before. Like I said, we're also going to be going through the conference together, have a table together, get to know each other, get to talk. And then on Friday, they have an activation where we actually get to go out into Redding, California and go meet local business owners and share what God is doing in their business. Some are Christian, some are not. It just kind of depends And anyway, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. You get to see a practical application on how to hear God's voice, how to apply it to business, and how to encourage another business owner. And then you can take that home and do it yourself in your own community. And then you can also do it yourself for your own business as well. If that's something you're interested, like I said, just shoot me an email at david at thedavidrobertson.com. And until next time, guys, I just bless you to partner with God. I bless you to go profit with purpose. And I bless you to build a kingdom class company that goes beyond world class and build a kingdom class company that transforms cities, that transforms the culture around you. I bless you to go be Christ in business. As this show is new, any and all support is greatly appreciated. If you haven't done so already, first, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Android, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Second, if you like the show, write a five star rating and review. And finally, share the podcast with anybody you know that has a passion for business and a love for God and invite them along with you to build a kingdom class company.